On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we have a very special Thanksgiving Day edition. We are going to be discussing the three games being played on Thanksgiving, starting with the Detroit Lions hosting the Houston Texans. What an ugly game that is. Is Matt Patricia coaching for his job? We discuss that, and we think it's very much on the line. Then we've got the marquee matchup in the NFC East between powerhouse three and seven teams. The Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys is the winner of this game in the frontrunner's seat to win the division. We think so. And then the marquee matchup, the nightcap, the Baltimore Ravens are traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the undefeated Steelers. This game has been affected by COVID. We don't know if it's going to be played. We think it will be, but I still think the Steelers may have an advantage in this one. Oh, and I am going full Costanza opposite mode, so you don't want to miss that. Stay tuned for Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host, as always. And joining us tonight, the man, the myth, the model, Mr. Model. How are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm back. I'm back, baby. I missed you guys last week. Sorry for ducking and rolling on you last minute. I'm back ready to talk Thanksgiving football and turkey and stuffing and everything in between. It's going to be glorious. Yes, sir. We missed you. We had uh, we needed some model insights. It was a, a, a rough week, especially for me. Uh, bloodbath is what I'm calling it. <laughs> we also have our NFL insider, Coulter. How are you doing tonight, my man? I was going to say bloodbath describes how I'm, I feel about week 11, too. So you summed up my thoughts. I'm ready for some Thanksgiving Day football, actually. Uh, I know these matchups have been much you know, maligned this week in the media, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Let's just be grateful that we have football and we have family and food. Exactly. Exactly. And these games are tradition. I want to cover that a little bit, but like you said, we've got football. It's a Thursday. There's three games, the Ravens Steelers game, obviously COVID is, uh, you know, playing a factor in this one, but it seems like we're powering through this one. Uh, the first thing that I would like to discuss is why do we have to be force fed the lions <laughs> and the cowboys every year? Where is it in the NFL rule book that these teams have to play on Thanksgiving Coulter? I don't understand it. Yeah. I mean, uh, to an outsider's perspective who might not have like a deep, uh, league history, they might think it's like Jerry Jones and the Ford family have like bought the line, so to speak with, you know, they have the most money. So they've gotten the top spot, you know, at the table, but I'm a hundred percent positive. That's not it. And I don't actually know where the tradition came from, but it's definitely not that Jerry Jones and the Ford family is somehow like purchased this uh, great spot on the football calendar every year. It's, it's something more wacky than that. They're both just bad teams, and the Cowboys have had varying degrees of success over the past 20 years, but let's be honest. They haven't been relevant since the late 90s. They haven't won a title in 25 years. The Lions haven't won a playoff game in 30 years. I mean, let's get them off of here. It's just brutal. 
It's a tradition like any other. They always somehow manage to find an opponent for the Lions. You know, the Cowboys over the years have had an eclectic group of teams play them. And I'll give the league somewhat credit because it's been hit or miss. That Dallas game can be good and bad, and it's usually bad, but they do a better job at least scheduling somewhat entertaining matchups for that slot. But that Detroit slot is always just brutal. They always send like the bears with a third string quarterback or, you know, the Packers to beat them by 50. <laughs> so we're bored out of our minds by halftime, but they, they, I think they've had the Steelers go in there, kick their tail. They had Peyton Manning one year. It's just like enough is enough. Like it's out. I guess maybe the problem is the lions. I guess if you, if you look at it like that, but I mean, it's some of it is like the NFL, just bad scheduling. It's like it, Get a more intriguing matchup in there. Do you guys want to make a quick bet, a side bet, that the Lions are going to wear those ugly throwback uniforms again, too? Uh, I wouldn't bet against it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm on the side of, yes, they're going to wear them, and it's going to look awful. <laughs> if Pittsburgh's wearing them all blacks at night, I, I don't hold anything back from what these teams might wear on, on Thursday during the day. So. Yep. Uh, okay, so I wanted to bring this little stat to you guys. I, I teased this in our little group chat here, but uh, I've been in a league with some high school buddies. Okay, this is season ten. Okay, of us making these picks, we make three picks a week. There's five guys in the competition, and this is season number ten. Okay, and I just was like in my head, I'm like, you know what? I've had some really bad weeks this week, this season, I should say, and I want to go back and be like, what what's going on here? So. I crunched the data, okay? Again, 10 years of this. Collectively, we are we have 1077 wins, 1062 losses and 52 ties, which puts us at a whopping 49% winning percentage. It's fascinating. It blows my mind because literally for 10 years Five guys making three picks a week across the entire NFL season. We're at 50%. We might as well be flipping a fucking coin. It blows my mind, Mr. Model. How is that possible? You know, it it brings me such joy to hear you say that. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, that's just how hard it is to pick these games. I'm like, so you guys pick, you, you pick on spread and you pick on total, I assume, right? Yep. So we make one pick is the spread. One pick is the over under and the third one can be either or. Okay. Yeah. That's just phenomenal. I love the 10 year consistency that you guys are having. I'm curious to know, do you know, do you know if someone like you mentioned a couple buddies are doing it with you, is someone doing like significantly better and others are lagging or is it all kind of pretty even? I was going to look back and get the specifics, but from the top of my head, it's been pretty consistent. Um, like we've all won a year, uh, it like there's, there's not been significant dominance by one person. It's just kind of been, it's been like the NFL. It's been parody. It, it's just insane. Yeah. I was going to say it's a microcosm for the league itself. I mean, you watch a game like that Packers and Colts game and you definitely understand why it's hard to get above 55% or why the, by the pros go above 55%. The rest of us minnows are, uh, at that 50% line, like you're saying. I mean, there's just so many games and you said that one, um, like the Eagles and the Browns. I mean, there was just so many games that could have flipped. I, I think the, the Cardinals and the Seahawks game, you know, they're driving at the end of the game. They score a touchdown there. All of a sudden that spread is now covered. Like so many little details uh, or little instances that can happen in these games make it 
where you just don't understand what's going to happen. And my segue and why I brought that up is the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are a perfect example of this where I just don't understand what they are doing. I mean, you, Coulter, you said it on the pod last week that if Matt Patricia gets outcoached by a rookie Ugh. head coach, yeah. I mean, he's got to be done. It, it's just crazy. So he's really got to be on the hot seat this week, right? I easily one of my worst picks of the year and it was so held up by the line movement by the end of you know the closing it was i think it was four and a half points of line value but i stand by the handicap that you have to go in that game and you have to win if you're patricia you've had a terrible tenure as your lions coach nothing has stood out there's no real reason to keep you on i know stafford was injured last year and he's hurt again this year but like so be it you have to win these games against backup quarterbacks on the road uh, teams that are young too. You, you're supposedly a veteran team. They didn't show up as a veteran team. Zero points. Offense was terrible. Uh, Stafford's clearly more banged up. And that offense, as I texted you guys earlier, with, without Galladay is, is unwatchable. And not having Swift definitely made it a little bit more limp as well. I mean, it just it, it's it's insane that PJ Walker, the XFL superstar. <laughs> Can come in. You just can't lose to a guy like that if you're no. what a three or four year coach, four year year coach, and you haven't won a division, you haven't been to the playoffs, you've proven nothing, and then you lose to PJ Walker. Why should you be employed? Especially if you're a defensive guru, which is what he's been hailed as. Right. You got to know how to scheme against a guy who played in the XFL. I'm sorry, and no disrespect, PJ Walker. Okay. He put up a yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's all on the defense too. It, it definitely falls on the offense. They were, I think, oh, of 10th on third down. So yeah. that's just abysmal. You can't have that. That's Philadelphia like numbers. You're putting your defense in a bad spot. I mean, this is not a defensive juggernaut in Detroit. I mean, I agree. You can't lose to PJ Walker, but I mean, they should have been able to at least put up 20 and keep that game tied. I mean, that, that's a field goal game. If you play that game a hundred times, it comes down to a field goal, probably 80 times. I mean, it's Carolina and Detroit for Christ's sakes. And if you're a Detroit Lions fan, how infuriating must it be to look at Matt Patricia when you're getting your ass handed to you and he's still got that stupid pencil behind his ear? Like a fun gimmick when you're winning. When you are terrible and you're getting waxed by PJ Walker, you got to take the pencil out of your man. Come on. I would be so mad if I was a Lions fan. Just me. I'm serious at the lines. I have to fade them on face value, not to skip ahead to our breakdown of the first game, but I'm, I'm taking Houston. I, it's, it's the wrong play because all the public's on Houston, but I, I don't give a crap. Can't take Matt Patricia after last week. It's just a principal thing. And you got to think Detroit, I mean, where, where do they even go from here? They're going to be, you know, they have some Galladay, they have Swift, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Who knows if they can keep their quarterback healthy for, Long-term Stafford still still serviceable yeah. for an- another couple of years. You've got to think. Yep. Um, but they're also kind of in a rebuild uh, in general. And I'm like, is, you know, is Houston mathematically still alive? I know that sounds preposterous to ask, but I mean, they have they, any sort of. I know they don't have the first-round pick, so that's a momentum driver in, in its own right. They don't want to give the Dolphins a top-ten pick. But I'm just trying to think, like do we have any sort of motivational edge to, to add into Detroit? Cause it's like, I think we get a, a locker room that's in free fall, free fall and an injured team and an injured quarterback and a bad coach. So it's like, I'm, I'm all for fading all those things, but I'd love to even tie that in even more. If we could find a way that like Houston's super motivated for this game. I don't three and, think three and seven. Yeah. Like, they're not going anywhere. 
I don't think they're technically eliminated, but they'd have to jump a lot of teams. So yeah, I'm looking I don't at think there's with that edge four games between them and the division with the others. That's tough. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we jump in, we're going to do our Thanksgiving <laughs> picks. We are going to do them. We're going to preview all three of these games, but first Mr. Model, let's get an update on the man versus model challenge, as well as the standings in a tightly contested battle. A tightly contested indeed. We have had quite the week last week. Megan Casale in first place has stumbled, my friend. I think she ended up going either one in four or oh and five. It certainly wasn't great. So she is currently still the leader in the clubhouse at 31 points, but now she is tied. Hannibal had a phenomenal week. I think he went four and one or three and two. He cruised up. He is also now at 31 points. So we have two co-leaders in the clubhouse, Hannibal and M. Casale. Uh, to shout out second, or I guess third, the man, yes, Ryan, sir. <laughs> at 29 points, still very much in the game. And also call out Luann, 28 points, one point behind Ryan, uh, also there in fourth place. And it, it kind of actually is also blowing my mind that somehow I'm picking fairly well when it's just a small sample size. But in our pool, when I've got to pick every game, I'm doing terrible. It, it, uh, I, I wish I could just like focus on those few games, figure out what I'm seeing and apply it to everything because I'm lost right now. Just lost. It makes no sense to me. All right. What do we got for the games this week in the Double Down Trent Challenge? I uh, like always, I picked five games. I selected five of the best games. I chose all games that are happening either on Sunday or Monday. Um, So give listeners as much time as they need to get those picks in. Um, The first four games are all on Sunday. We have Tampa Bay against the Kansas City Chiefs. Tampa is home and the, the home dog of three and a half points. Second game is the Colts are home against those Tennessee Titans. The Colts are favored by three and a half. Third game. Uh, North showdown, Green Bay Packers against the Chicago Bears. Green Bay is favored by eight and a half. The Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Chargers are playing uh, in upstate New York. Buffalo is favored by five and a half. And then the last one I threw in was the Monday night game. Seattle Seahawks are traveling to Philly to play those Philadelphia Eagles that Coulter knows and loves. Seattle Philadelphia is. somethings. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even call them Eagles at this point. I have, I have a couple of Seattle's favored by five and a half as the lock-in line for that game. That game. I, I can't believe that Philly's back on Monday Night Football. They, the league has to, especially this year when there was no fans. They have to have figured out a way to flex these games. You this is the third uh, primetime Seattle at Philadelphia game in this this calendar year. They had one December, first week of December last year. Then they played in the playoffs. Seattle's back in Philly for the third time in 12 months. God. I'm tired of this matchup as well. I am too. <laughs> I'm on the record. Philly. One of the worst God. Monday night games of the year. In yeah. My- it's going to be hideous. Um, okay. So. Let's move to the Thanksgiving Day games. Let's make our picks. Mr. Model, you are making your triumphant return to the pod this week. You lead us off, my friend. You'd make the first pick of the week, and that's going to be our Detroit Lions game, where the Lions are taking on the Texans, correct? Yep. So Houston, Detroit is the first game of the day. I believe it starts at 1230 Eastern time on Thursday. Gosh, I love having football on all day on Thanksgiving. 
I am going to be taking Houston minus two and a half, which is the what it locked in at, at on our pool um, over those home Detroit Lions. I just can't get on Detroit at all, like we talked about earlier. I um, am hopeful that Houston's offense can kind of get it going, get Will Fuller involved, actually get a passing attack. Um, the line has already ticked up to minus three in a lot of books, so I like that value, although it's very minute at this point. Um, give me those Houston Texans. Taking the hot team. I like it. Coulter, what do you think? Yeah, sorry. I kind of jumped on this earlier, but I, I just can't take Detroit. I'm going to take the Watson stat. I like him 6-0 and on a short uh, rest. I like that a lot. I like uh, – yeah, the locker room angle, too, for Detroit. I'd like to think maybe that since Cornell has come on, what are the Texans? Are they 3-3 three and three with Cornell as the head coach? I mean, they have to be feeling a little bit better about themselves. They just beat the Patriots. I know it's not with Tom Brady, but they did beat the Patriots. That's got to be a monkey off of their back, I feel like, as an organization. And I know their locker room has had discord as well. So this is like two bad locker rooms, two bad coaches. Um I just can't take Detroit. I'm going to default and just take Watson, the better quarterback in a better situation. I don't, I don't think travel is that big of a deal either. Um, just because Houston knew that this game was coming, you know, they've been preparing for it. If it, You know, I, I don't think they're going to be thrown for a loop traveling to Detroit. Yeah. There's no travel aspect here. Um, I always feel like I should be picking the lions on Thanksgiving, but they rarely come through for me. It just seems like one of those weird betting quirks. Like, Never bet against the Lions on Thanksgiving, but that's really never come through. But, Mr. Model, I do have something that I would like to tell you. I have entered full Costanza mode, my friend. Okay? Yeah. I should do the opposite. I should. If every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. So I went through this breakdown, and I'm like, there's no way that the Lions are the better team here. Everything is pointing to the Texans. There's a better quarterback, in my opinion, who's healthy, playing well. I think it's there's no coaching advantage here. Both these coaches are shot. There's no clear defense. So I'm looking at recent performances. The Lions offense just got embarrassed by Carolina. Their defense didn't do much better. And we just saw the Texans kind of get the monkey off their back with the Patriots. They've always played the big brother role. They've stuffed them in a locker. And what do they do? They came down last week. Deshaun Watson looked like he was the stud we all thought he would be. And they go out and win an amazing game. So my head, I'm like, okay. This is a clear pick for the Texans. It's not a huge line. I think I'm comfortable taking the two and a half. And for that reason, I'm taking the Lions. My pick is the Lions. And I also want to throw this ditty out there, too. Uh, we were texting about this. As of right now, 84% of the public money is on the Texans. And the public is always wrong, okay? We were talking about it in our text chain on Sunday. I threw out, I think, four games where the public was just heavy. I'm talking like 80% or higher on a team. It went one in three. If you, if you bet with the public, so I am fading the public. I am just doing the opposite the, of my, and pick. the one game that they won was Titans. And we went over that in great detail. Why that number yep. was so, so, so inflated in the worst way possible. That was an easy, easy win for everybody. Exactly. Now I feel like this could bite me in the ass, but I just need to fade the public. So I'm on the lions. It's a risky play. Uh, but two and a half is, is not crazy. I would have thought based on recency bias of what happened last week, that spread might be like four and a half, uh, which I would, there's no way I'm touching the lions, but a two and a half, I, I kind of feel all right with that pick, even though it's a hundred percent, the opposite. 
I love that you're doing that. Uh, I wish I had the balls to go full Costanza myself. I, I feel like I'm still too confident in my own intelligence to <laughs> take Matt Patricia. But you know what? This is the ultimate the jokes on you game because it's just like it will tell me like if 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 Detroit wins, it's like you're not that smart, Steve, and you gotta just stop thinking you are and just go against yourself sometimes because that's the ultimate this this Detroit game if they cover that's the ultimate version of that for sure. And we might very well see a game where Houston wins twenty two twenty and we just yeah Aaron and I Aaron and I get totally screwed. <laughs> by this. Well, the other thing I wanted to mention too, Coulter, last week. You know, you you threw out the idea that if the if uh, the Lions lose and Patricia can't be the first year head coach, you got to fire him. Uh, but they're playing on a short week, so like if you think about it, they're they're not going to fire him on a short week and have some interim coach come in on Thursday. However, if you now lose that game to Carolina and then get embarrassed at home on Thanksgiving Day in front of everybody with a now ten day break, they might fire him. So I think he's got to be motivated in this one, and I'm hoping that little inspiration a little fire under his ass will at least produce some kind of at minimum a cover we have seen it with uh which is actually a beautiful i'll segue for us uh we we've seen this with mike mccarthy uh in the locker room with his antics here recently i guess he motivated his team last week with a, a watermelon <laughs> sledgehammer uh you know do whatever you need to do to, to inspire the troops mike but yeah you're right i mean just when you least expect it maybe they rally around patricia you know i'm looking at this game thinking how can they rally around patricia after that loss but maybe they're like a locker room united somehow to for, to fight for him i, I just don't see it I, i'm not going to risk that because i i can't see that on the outside all i can see is a team that screwed me last week and a team that's really, really bad on offense without Galladay. You know, if they rule Galladay in at the last second, maybe that's when you hammer Detroit. Um, but in this pool, I'm taking Houston. It's fair. Uh, Aaron, I'm going to do this. You know this move here. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the Ryan Castellay guarantee. Uh-oh. Okay. If Patricia comes out without the pencil, it's a lock bet the house on the Lions. That means he is focused. He's given up the shtick. He's down to play some football. If it comes out with the pencil, who fucking knows? It's going to be a toss up. I like that. <laughs> That's a great call. I yeah, really like we'll that. See. And I, I also do like this. Go ahead. A little sidebar warning uh, to the to the people I want to bet the total on this. This is just pizza bet on the over. Don't overthink it. Do not whatever you do invest in the under. You're going to want to hurt yourself when Stafford and Watson are exchanging touchdowns and your money's going up in flames because neither team can play defense. Don't yep, do it. it. Small little slight bet on the over. If it doesn't hit whatever, you know, just, but don't flirt with the under that's that you're going to just be so mad by the third quarter. I could see it. And I'm seeing the over sitting at about like 51, 51 and a half, somewhere in that range. So yeah, I could see a lot of points in this game as well. I think Watson's the kind of guy, I mean, he's six and zero in these short rest situations. What is he a national championship national champion at Clemson? He doesn't get a lot of these opportunities to shine in front of a national audience. And he kind of crapped the bed against the chiefs in a big moment. I just feel like he's capable of throwing up 14 points in both the third and fourth quarter. He, I feel like he's capable of getting Houston 28 second half points in this game. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh, that's sure. not even, if you could give me the Houston team total in the second half, I would bet over on that every day of the week. That might be the bet. I like I'm that. It's definitely that. out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I get my phone open. So you did mention the second game of the day. It is a 
heated matchup in the dominant NFC East, the Washington football team heading into Dallas. Both teams are sitting at a whopping three and seven. Somehow they are in the hunt for the division. And this game, in my opinion, can go a number of different ways here. But Coulter, why don't you break it down and give us your pick here for this game? Yeah, I, I think the, the Dallas offensive line got manhandled the first game, right? And there was a weather element that definitely sided with Washington. It was their home field. Their home field, by the way, is crap. It's a terrible service to play on. Nobody likes playing there. Uh, but they're more used to it than Dallas. Dalton got hurt. Basically, everything that could go wrong went wrong for Dallas. They've gotten a little bit more healthy up front of their offensive line. They did that thing with their guard i think they moved him to right tackle that seemed to work they gave yep. dalton some more time uh unconventional just like mccarthy's uh watermelon thing uh and at the end of the day not to do with this old trick that i you know have done in the past and it's kind of screwed me this season but I, when you do the talent discrepancy here it it's majorly in favor of dallas and the fact that you're getting under three in a divisional game uh i know it's i've kind of been a proponent of take the divisional dog but in this situation, I feel like Dallas is on their home turf. They can fly. Uh, I really like the the combo of Elliott and Pollard. Pollard's one of these guys I've really been keeping an eye on. I like him in fantasy down the stretch too, especially if Elliott gets hurt. I don't know. I just like Dallas. I like I like the short line. Uh, directionally, I think they're playing a lot better. They played Pittsburgh close, and then they beat uh, Pitt, uh, Minnesota on the road. Washington, I feel like their only claim to fame this season is, is that they – can KO quarterbacks like Dalton and, and, and Burrow. And you might be afraid of that D line and that they might be the difference maker that I don't see here. But right now I'm, I'm leaning towards Dallas in the short number. Okay. And I should mention the spread that we're seeing is about two and a half right now. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Model, what is your take on this one? I'm approaching this game from a pure feelings perspective. I am rooting for Alex Smith. He has played pretty well the last two weeks as the quarterback for the Washington football team. Would love to see him keep playing, keep playing healthy, and keep playing well. I'm going to root for them. I'm going to take Washington um, plus two and a half. You know, when they played earlier earlier in October, this game ended Washington 25, Dallas to three. I don't think we're going to see something like that again this time. But uh, I would like to see, think that it's a little closer. I think the NFC least is just an abomination. And, uh, you know, if I look at these two teams, I can't say that one is definitely better than the other. I think it's a coin flip. Give me the two and a half points and I'll, I'll have my rooting interest in uh, Mr. Smith there. That was a low blow. The NFC least. This, this is my uh, obligate obligatory warning to the, to the uh, listeners here that Washington, I love the Alex Smith storyline, just like Mr. Model, but uh, warning to the listeners, if you bet football team and Smith gets knocked out of a game, which is highly probable because of his leg injury, you're going to be left with Dwayne Haskins on Thanksgiving. So that's just my warning to everybody. Uh, is Haskins even the backup? I know they've been putting him as inactive a lot of times. <laughs> they were, but now they've lost. Oh, yeah, last Kyle Haskins, Haskins is active. And I just like, I, I don't like that situation. I really don't. During the last several weeks of the season, I'm going to be looking to fade football team just because of that. Yeah. Uh, the pass rushes that they play, Pittsburgh. The Niners have a pass rush, even though they're depleted. Salah will get after him. Then they play Seattle with Dunlap. They look like they found something there against Kyler Murray. 
on a pass rush standpoint. Panthers just shut out Stafford. I, I don't know. I just don't see Alex Smith getting through the whole thing. Not to be a cynic, but and then you get Haskins. So you get Haskins in one of those games. You don't want to be on football team. I've uh, I've actually thought Alex Smith has played pretty well. Um, no, he's looked great. I yeah. Mean, I mean, he won or he drove him down the field to tie the game against the Lions a couple of weeks ago, yep. which probably should have been a warning. Should have been a win. The, the, fade the Lions. Should have been a big fade the Lions warning side last week, and yet I jumped right into bed with Matt Patricia after that. Yeah. Um, the Cowboys, to me, that against the Vikings was really strange, and I actually think it's more of a product of the Vikings being a shittier team than everyone thinks. Uh, but it was an impressive win. Andy Dalton looked better than he had in previous weeks with the Cowboys. Um, so they have some mojo going. And I think that little uh, mix in with Pollard, it was a nice change of pace. Like for whatever reason, Elliot just didn't look great until Pollard started going good. And now Elliot's like, oh shit, I might lose some snaps here. So now he's kind of picking up his play. Um, the big thing though, is the defense for the Cowboys. Like I, I just don't have any faith in them. And I think there's some opportunities for Terry McLaurin to expose their secondary in my head though. I'm thinking, all right, this is a, this is going to be a close battle here. If I had to pick a team, it would be the Cowboys minus two and a half. So I'm taking Washington again. I'm doing the Costanza here. So I'm on Washington uh, plus two and a half. I don't love it, but looking at my analysis of the game, I think the Cowboys are the better team here. But then when I landed on Washington, I'm like, you know what? It's one of those things that we have talked about and Coulter, you had mentioned it divisional teams uh, and they're getting points. Like I, so I don't hate where I'm on the opposite side here. So I'm taking Washington. Yeah. This is truly a game where either side you land on, you can talk yourself into If I, if I were to move my cursor, select football team and hit submit in our pool, I could easily talk myself into the run. Rivera is a better coach than McCarthy. Smith's storyline is great. You just mentioned McLaurin. I think he's a dynamic player. Cowboys, you know, they could be totally flat coming off a big win. And then obviously the defensive line thing, the, the defensive line thing is the real, like that can swing the game. You yep. know, if they can just hit Dalton early and often, and he doesn't look as good as he looked last week against Minnesota. Then I totally believe football team can not only cover the spread, win the football game outright. I and mean, that's the, that's what won them the first matchup. So we'll see if that holds true in the second. And like to me, Andy Dalton is a relic of the old football from like the early 2010s, which is insane to say that's the old football. Um, but he can't really get out of pocket. And if you're that Washington, oh, I don't know team, about that. You don't think so. You think he can get out Let's of pocket? Andy, a bit? Dalton, Andy Dalton career rushing yards. I want to say well, that's again. I mean, you're talking about a slightly different NFL, the way teams are built now with like insane off the edges. You All right, force so him in the what pocket. do you want to set? What do you want to set Andy Dalton's career rushing yard total at over under? You uh, set the line for yourself. Okay, he's got to be at let's call it 275 yards. So I'm taking the under. He's 33 years old. He's been in the NFL for 11 seasons. 275 yards. Are you out of your mind? He's got more than that. Oh, he's got 1,200. What? He's mobile, man. I mean, he's not mobile, but they've designed runs for him. I mean, he, yeah, he's he's ran out of the – he's like Daniel Jones. He, he's got moves. How dare you say that, okay? <laughs> I mean, he's not as good as Daniel Jones, but, like, they, they've designed run plays for him is what I'm trying to okay, say. Okay, but maybe that was younger Andy Dalton. The guy's 33, and he's going up against Chase Young. He's never seen somebody like Chase Young before. Okay? Chase Young can hawk him. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I take that slightly back. I'll walk it back a little bit, but I still think that they're going to be able to keep him in the pocket and force him to make throws. And at the end of the day, that that's not a good recipe for a win. No, I, I totally agree with you there. I, the more we talk about this game, the more I'm actually kind of flip, flipping to Washington myself, <laughs> but I also don't want to be a victim of group thing. Cause you guys are too yeah. on Washington. And my last point in this game, too, if I recall correctly, I feel like Washington and Dallas has played on Thanksgiving within the last like four years. And Alex Smith had a pretty big game. And I, I know you can't put too much stock in that, but it's not like moments too big for, for him. I think he can show up and at least uh, spark a little of his old self in this game. We'll see. You know, what's amazing about the NFC least is that the Eagles were the team and they still are the team that's in the first place, but they're the least like storyline that I could see like on a wild card weekend making sense. Like the giants make sense to me. It's like they rally around judge. They've got this defense, you know, this gritty mentality. Then Dallas, like I see their quarterback got punched out. They rallied McCarthy smetched the watermelon and they were always uber talented on offense and they found a way with Dalton and then football team obviously has the Rivera and Smith, you know, storylines working with them. So it's like, the Eagles are somehow the odd man out in this terrible division. I definitely do not want to see them play in, in January. I'd take any of these other three teams over Philly. You know, it brings me back to when we did the season preview right before the season started. And I saw a yeah, video you from Giants. Gave the Giants odds. Yep. Oh, they're yeah. The six, right. Yep. They're at plus 1600 to one to win the division. I was like, you know what? I was like, if you throw a couple bucks on that, you might, you know, have a huge payday. If I had thrown $10 down that I'd be swimming in cash right now. Cause I think they're the ones that's going to win this division, which is insane to say. I, the Bengals. I, I think they're now. still the long shot. I think the giants yeah. are the long shot. Right I think now. so too. They're at like what? Three fifty, three, three yeah. and a half, something like that. But yeah, it, it's going to be crazy. And whoever wins this game between the Cowboys and the Redskins, they're going to be coming off two wins in a row, a divisional win. So I think they're going to have a lot of momentum um, I wouldn't be surprised whoever wins this game uh, if they're the one that ultimately wins the division. Do you feel like, not to stay on this game for too long, but just one quick thing, do you really feel like Dalton and Smith are even quarterbacks? Uh, I, I probably would give a slight edge to Alex Smith, even though he's older. Uh, I just think, are, are you talking about career or mean right now? I'm talking about physical skill set maybe i'm overrating andy dalton i just feel like he's and and this definitely factors in the smith injury but like i just think dalton's a physically a better quarterback than and than smith i think he can throw the ball more accurately i think he can throw it downfield better i think you can move around as we already were talking about and especially now with smith's injuries i don't know i'm just looking at the line and i keep thinking dallas gets a point for being at home they get a point for, I think, just being generally a better roster than Washington. And then this pool always gives you the half point hook. So that's built in there. And then I'm just thinking of the quarterback matchup. And it's like, I, I don't know. I just feel like that Dallas has advantages left and right. But I might just be seeing it incorrectly. And the defensive line just might destroy Dalton again. From my analysis, though, I feel like Dalton hasn't been great in his games. I mean, he looked pretty sharp last week. But I think overall he's been average. Whereas like Alex Smith in the two and a half games that he's played, he's he looked really, really good sharp. against your giants in relief. Did he, he not? Yeah. He put up 300 yards in, in just the second half. So he, I think he's got and that defense left. of yours has been great. since. Yeah. Yeah. Dynamic. So I, I, that's why I'm, I'm kind of riding Alex Smith here in this one, but 
you know, I, I certainly could be talked either way in the quarterback matchup. That's how I feel. All right. The anything, last if anything, game. this proves to be a six calls to Nikki. Yeah, I wouldn't touch uh, this with real money, but who knows? <laughs> Absolutely. So the last game is the marquee awesome. matchup, though. It is the Baltimore Ravens going to Pittsburgh. The Steelers are a three and a half point favorite. This game has been put in jeopardy because of COVID. The Ravens are going to be down their top two running backs. So there's a lot to unpack here. Mr. Model, who are you taking in this divisional battle? Uh, I love this game. I love this game because I feel like I am locked in on the two teams that are playing. So Pittsburgh, I am eight and two on in our pool in the first 10 weeks. I feel like I have gotten this team kind of correct right out of the gate. Um, Baltimore, I've stumbled recently, but I feel like I've, I know them better now than what I did a couple weeks ago. Um, I inadvertently took a feature on them for the AFC championship. I, I'm not sure that's going to come to fruition, but I'll still hope. Um, this line opened and locked in our pool. I think it's at three and a half. Yep. And right now, I was just going to double check that. I'm seeing that this is up to four or five, even five and a half in some places. So Pittsburgh is definitely taking a ton of money. Um, and that's where I land here. I, I love Pittsburgh at minus three and a half. I love them at four. I think they're the better team. They've already beaten Baltimore once this year. They're not dealing with too much COVID craziness this week like Baltimore is. Uh, this to me is a, you know, their home, the jerseys. You can't get much better than this. I, uh, I love Pittsburgh in this spot. I feel like I'm going to go to nine and two on Pittsburgh by taking them here. All right, Coulter, what do you think? This is definitely my nominees for key pick in our pool just because of the COVID advantages and the line movement, uh, which Aaron hit on. But this is a good old one that, you know, this is a double down trend staple here. What happens if Pittsburgh just goes down the field, scores, goes up seven, nothing on Thursday night? I don't want Baltimore plus three and a half out in nope. that situation. Baltimore has to start the game. Perfect. Uh, for me to even want a taste of Baltimore. Therefore I don't want Baltimore. Uh, I, and I love Pittsburgh. I think the Ravens are missing two offensive linemen. Pittsburgh has a great defensive line, great front seven. Uh, Baltimore is missing two of their defensive backs. I love Pittsburgh's receivers. I love this kid Johnson. I think he's a great route runner mixed with Claypool's dynamic uh, down the field ability. And then you tie in Smith Schuster's just natural skill set and his speed. You've got a really fire powered offense and it just comes down to Ben. Uh, you know, I, I think Baltimore is getting a little healthier in some areas like a defensive line. But besides their defense, I don't see any advantage that Baltimore has in this game. Um, Pittsburgh's rolling. They, the other thing that I love about Pittsburgh is they were focused. We talked about, they were my key pick last week against Jacksonville. Uh, and we kind of debated, are they going to be focused? And sure enough, they came in very focused, just like I said they would uh, after that Dallas game. And they took care of business against a limp Jacksonville team. That shows me this team wants it. And uh, this is the true, like, uh, game where they announce themselves to everybody, you know, Hey, we're undefeated. We're the class of the NFL and this Baltimore team might've been a blip on the radar. It, this is the ultimate, like Baltimore has to reconfigure everything. If, if they get shut down in this game, it could be bad. It could be that bad. Uh, I don't think it will be. I think Baltimore's D keeps it relatively close, but I'm still going to take Pittsburgh three and a half because I don't like the scenario where they jump out to a lead and Baltimore has to come from behind. Yep. You both made every point in the book about this game. I think the Steelers, weirdly, even though they're undefeated, have some kind of chip on their shoulder. 
I don't know if they check power rankings. I doubt they factor that in. Uh, but whenever I see power rankings, they're always like three or four or somewhere in that range, even though they're undefeated. So this is a primetime game. They know they just, everyone's going to be watching. Such a great point. They've had Seattle over them. They've yep. had Packers over them. They've had, I, I have to believe at some point the Ravens were over them in power rankings. I don't know what that really means. I think they're professional athletes and Tomlin has them thinking about other things, but you're, t- you're so right. Seattle is not better than Pittsburgh. Let's piss on that idea. Uh, Green Bay is not better than Pittsburgh. Let's piss on that idea. That, these are just bad concepts, and we should really start talking. Like Pittsburgh is, to me, there's the Chiefs, and then there's Pittsburgh this year, and we yep. can talk about everybody else after that. That's exactly the order it should be. Um, that that Ravens Titans game was was really telling for a number of reasons. As you said, Coulter, we've been hammering this for for as long as we've been on this podcast. We hate. Lamar, the worst part about this pool is is that we've struggled so much, and this is our year of our theories have really fleshed out. Lamar can't play from behind; he's bad at passing, and Matt Nagy is the league's worst coach. Well, (laughs) you put all that stuff together, which is going to be our like thesis. That's like our freaking podcast statement, you know, that we've got. But uh, what we noticed about Lamar is that he can't come from behind. He struggles throwing. He struggles when they've got to get chunk plays uh, to to come from behind as opposed to establish the pace of the game. But last week, we saw something even more alarming. They were up double digits on the Titans. And the the core of that team is that they've got an incredible defense, and they're going to just end games. They're going to bully people. Well, the Titans just bullied them. And granted, they've got the ultimate one in Derrick Henry that can just ram it down people's throats. But when their whole model is jump out to a lead and just kill you, and then they can't even do that, it's very concerning. And Tennessee's a good team, but Pittsburgh's a really good team. And they're going to exploit all those things. The Pittsburgh passing offense is incredible. You just dropped all three of those receivers. I mean, how do you stop those three guys? Ben's I like, now taking his pick. He can throw at anyone. I like all of Pittsburgh receivers. They have a kid. Who's their fourth guy? Why am I drawing a blank on his name? I like their four receivers better than I like anybody on Baltimore, Brown included. Yeah. Uh, this is a bad unit. I mean, they're Baltimore receivers, that group that, uh, you know, wherever they go and sit and watch tape, that might be one of the worst groupings in the entire NFL. Um, I really can't think of like, I know the Seattle secondary had its lumps earlier this year. I'm trying to think of other like really bad units, the Bengals offensive line, clearly they can't protect bro, but like this unit in, in Baltimore, those receivers are just, they do not scare me at all and Jackson as a passer has obviously got his own issues, but they just lack anything. Brown, Sneed, Duvernay, they have shown me zip. No. Zero. And now you gotta add in the fact that their two running backs are out, then now you're yep. relying on Gus Edwards. They're less dynamic, I think, on yep. in running the football of what they can do, passing it with their running backs. I mean, you have to think that Edwards is limited pass catching. I I don't know that for a fact. I'd have to look into it more, but I, I, I he seems bigger in between the tackles than shifty outside like McCaffrey. I mean, there's a reason why he's third on the depth chart. You're down Ronnie Staley, who's out for the year. It's just everything is lining up to be the Steelers. So I'm actually not going Costanza on this one. I'm breaking my rules. So the listeners, <laughs> take that for what you want. Um, you know, if I stick with it, I should flip it over to uh, to Baltimore. Hey, maybe this is a get right game, but uh, I, I everything is telling me go with the Steelers. 
if if I lose this game, if I lose this game because I did not go with my Costanza, then I owe every listener an apology. You can personally email me or tweet at me, and I will apologize to you. So that's how I'm leaving it. <laughs> I, I really like two in this game. I think Harbaugh, and this could be a concept we might hit on in future weeks. I think Harbaugh might be really overrated as a coach. How do you That's lose? A, the games that they've lost recently are just baffling to me. You lose to Tennessee. We just saw Rabel get out, out coached. We just saw him get out coached by Reich on Thursday night. That was coaching mismatch 101. I mean, I just don't understand how Baltimore doesn't win that Tennessee game. And then, I'm sorry, they, they lose to um, who did they just lose to before? Oh, New England. I mean, I know yep. it rained and everything, but you have to get that game. If you're Baltimore, you're competing with this juggernaut of Pittsburgh and you have this giant or not giant, but a looming giant in Cleveland, right on your heels. Who's now surpassed you in the division standings. There's no sense of urgency in either of those games. And it falls on the head coach and the offensive coordinator to figure it out. And they time and time again, have not done that this year. So uh, right now I have John Harbaugh trending very, very down in my coaching rankings I'd, I'd probably put him outside the top 10 at this point, honestly. It is interesting when you think about it. Um, I, I don't know if I'd call him overrated yet, but he's definitely having a down year. This is a, a really bad job for him. And when you think about the fact that there's a coaching mismatch in this game, it's it's crazy because there is one. And Tomlin is just a better coach. And I was big on him. I think I was saying that Tomlin should have won coach of the year last year with what they did without Big Ben. And now you're seeing with their full strength, what they can do. Uh, I'm all on Tomlin. I mean, he's a great coach, so there is a major advantage here. And I think when you add that in, it just, to me, seems like the Steelers pick here is just the only way you can go. Uh, My final closing thought on this game and, and Mr. Model, you touched on it. The color rush jerseys. (laughs) The Steelers are in those all black that are incredible. If I ever see them wearing those hideous, hideous, like 1920s version where they've got like the stripes uh, please don't ever do that. Stick with this color rush. Make that a permanent addition to your your uniforms because it is amazing, and I cannot bet against the color rush. That's what I gotta find. I gotta find angles like this when I'm slumping, and I can stick it onto the color rush. I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, I just give me the terrible towel. I don't know. Yeah. Enough said. Something about it. Uh, all right. Well. I guess that wraps up our special Thursday uh, Thanksgiving edition. Stay tuned. We may we may drop a, another preview pod for the rest of the Sunday games. We will see. Uh, but, gentlemen, this is a fantastic episode. Enjoy your Thanksgivings. Stay safe. And we will see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.